Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Fit Habit. My name is Karen McGill. I'm your host, and I believe this is episode 22. Uh, I have to admit that it's been a little while since I recorded because I have been knee deep and heads down in my uh, client work lately. So I do have to make that a priority. But now I'm able to um, lighten that load a little bit and focus back on you, my listener. So I want to talk today about something that I would say is almost the most critical thing to think about from a mindset perspective not just around weight loss, but um, body transformation and really anything in life. But I want to focus this on healthy living and body transformation and weight loss because I know that the majority of you listening uh, really do want to focus on that. But uh, so the, the primary goal of what I want to do today is show you just how detrimental it can be when you try to take an all or nothing approach to changing your lifestyle. So let me start with a quote, and that is, resistance is proportionate to the size and speed of change, not to whether the change is favorable or an unfavorable one, and that's George Leonard. So the point there being, and said another way, is that the more you try to change all at once, the faster and harder you're going to fail. When it comes to behavior, behavior change, less is definitely more. And as a fitness coach, this is the number one thing that I try to instill in my clients. Let's not try to change everything at once because I can guarantee this is the inevitability is going to be that you're going to say, I can't do this, and you're going to give up, and you're going to either move on to the next solution thinking that this one didn't work, Or you're just going to throw your hands up and say, I guess I'm just going to have to live the way I am because um, I can't seem to change. So, And that is so not the case. But what happens is I think people get overzealous usually at the beginning of the year and they're going to make all these sweeping changes and that lasts sometimes for a couple of days, sometimes for a couple of weeks, sometimes for a couple of months. But here we are uh, mid-February and... I am starting to hear from various different people who um, have already uh, started and failed at their first endeavor of the year and have come to me looking for a different solution. And I'm not suggesting that I am the end-all be-all or that I have any sort of magic bullets or special potions and lotions. I do not. Nobody does. Weight loss, body transformation, uh, healthy living, there is no magic bullets. There is no secret skill, except for the one I'm about to tell you. And it's just work. It is absolutely just work. But the key thing is that you have to know yourself, know what you're capable of, know what, uh, how resistant you generally are to change or how open you are to it, and then act accordingly. And this is really a skill of self-coaching and self-awareness. So let's unpack that a little bit. Um, let me start off by saying that you know our bodies have a set point weight that it's comfortable at. Um, and like that, we, our minds also have a set point weight that is, it's comfortable with in terms of driving our behaviors. So our behaviors are driven by our minds and our mind drives our behaviors. So really, when you think about it, fitness, weight loss, um, body transformation is all about starting in the mind and starting with mindset and going forward with that. 
So with that in mind, and certainly no pun intended, and now armed with the knowledge that less is more, how will you go about getting to the desired fitness and health goal that you have? So the correct answer to that question is definitely as slow as you can humanly go. So I know that this is going to be disappointing for some of you because I think a lot of people are um, impatient to lose weight and a lot of people are motivated to lose weight by a certain destination or a certain time because they have something uh, big coming up that they want to look great for. And unfortunately, if your high school reunion is next week and you are 35 pounds overweight, by next week, you're probably still going to be 35 pounds overweight because, or maybe you'll be 32 and a half pounds overweight. So I don't want you to look at this as the solution to get to a certain destination because what I'm about to tell you is quite literally life-changing if you let it. So um, and before I go on, I want to discredit um, the biggest loser or any other sort of transformation that happens over a short period of time. If you actually Google the participants of The Biggest Loser, you will find out that the majority of them gain back the weight that they've lost. And there was, and I think to date, there's only one contestant on that show who is actually weighs today less than they did when they finished the show. The majority of the people weigh more than they did when they finished the show. So please don't look at those sort of um, uh, very sort of isolated bubble experiences where somebody's got like a whole team of people focused on their weight loss in addition to them and where they're under a lot of pressure to lose weight because, you know, it's their live or die situation on the show. I've never watched it, but I assume it's like a survivor and the, the skinniest people win. I don't know. I, I have all kinds of problems with that, but I hope you understand what I'm saying that these uh, sort of unicorn scenarios where people do uh, see transformation very quickly is usually uh, not a replicable situation and it's not scalable. And the other thing that I will actually say, um, there are some people that do really, really well with um, a ball to the wall, all or nothing overnight change. And usually that happens when um, there's something uh, promoting it or provoking it, I should say. So maybe that's a diagnosis of diabetes, or maybe you have a heart attack, or something like that. Something is provoking that. Like you find out you have lung cancer, and all of a sudden you really do need to quit smoking, and you do, uh, with the hope of trying to surpass it. Uh, I will say that research has shown uh, heart attack patients who make drastic changes after a heart attack, once they hit a healthy baseline they have a tendency to reverse back to their original behaviors that got them into the heart attack in the first place because there's no foundational um, habit forming and um, habit development. It's just sort of um, a white knuckling effect. And I've talked about this before. Tends to never work out very well. So what what does work then? Well, let's look at this as um, incremental change at the 1% speed ratio. So what does that mean? And that's different for different people. So let's say that you are somebody who does not deal with change very well. I would then recommend that you make your changes incredibly small, incredibly small. Like if you take two teaspoons of sugar in your coffee, have one and a half teaspoons of sugar and use half a sachet of stevia and get used to that flavor change or that flavor profile change, or just use one and a half teaspoons and and don't replace it with stevia. Uh, but I'll get into that later. There's two different methodologies there. Uh, if you're somebody who does uh, do well with a little bit more change, then maybe instead of having 
coffee and a cookie at two o'clock in the afternoon, you have a superfood, chocolate superfood shake instead. So you still get that um, satiation and that feeling of having a treat, but this is something that's going to help you curb cravings and make you fuller longer and you'll eat less dinner and you won't snack between lunch and dinner because you've had this and you're getting a really nourishing um, meal or, or mini meal, if you will, instead of a coffee and a cookie, which has no nutritional value. So you see there's a difference there between you either slowly get out of one habit and replace it with another one, like the sugar versus stevia, or the coffee versus smoothie, or um, the other way to go is to just slowly um, bide yourself out of a behavior without replacing it with something else. Usually, it's a lot easier to change a behavior by making incremental choices that are even healthier. So let me give you an example. I was listening to a podcast today with one of um, somebody I listen to regularly. She was talking about how she used to have a really bad Diet Coke craving and how she got out of that to drinking 100 uh, ounces of water a day. She used to hate drinking water. So eventually she went from Diet Coke to Diet Sprite, which is no more or less healthier, is equally as horrid, I think, uh, but it's clear liquid. So from that clear liquid, she then was able to, over time, move herself from Diet Sprite to soda water with lime and maybe a little bit of sweetener in it. And then from there, she was able, you know, able to gradually wean herself from soda water to regular water. And then she kind of changed, you know, the, the elements of her water. Now she still drinks water that she flavors herself, but is healthy. There's nothing uh, like she does like lemon juice and a few other things. So you see how that change gradually happened over time. And it happened by replacing one thing with something that's just incrementally better. And it makes the process so much less painful. And you know what happens when you do things that way? You do not get frustrated and then you do not quit. The only way that you can fail at something that's really not that hard to do is that you forget to do it or you lose motivation to do it. So what you need to do is set up checks and balances and make sure that other people are on board with you and are supporting you with your micro habit changes so that you don't forget them. And you've got to set up little systems so that you continuously remember uh, to incorporate this new healthy habit into your day to day. So for example, going back to, um, my podcaster friend who, um, moved from Diet Coke to water, she now has four bottles of, um, full, full of water in the fridge. And she knows each bottle is 25 ounces. So she knows at the end of the day, she has to have consumed each of those four bottles. So she never has to worry about, you know, have I filled up my one bottle several times today? Did I get my allotment in? She knows at the end of the day that she either has to drink all of that or not. So when you have those checks and balances and when you're thinking about behavior change in that respect, like something very small and incremental, and then how do you build the support system around it, whether it's people or whether it's product or you know where you place certain things in your life or how you impact or change your environment to support these micro habits, find ways to do it and you will find that Here's the, here's the beauty of this and the good news. You can make weight loss so easy as long as you're willing to take it at a speed where it's just a little out of your comfort zone, but not enough to be frustrating, not enough that you can possibly fail. It has to be something that you cannot fail at. So again, all of this uh, is around 
behavior building and habit change, which at the end of the day is far more important than anything else. So uh, an author I would recommend, uh, she has a book called Lean Habits and her name is Georgie Fear. Now she is, I think, um, a few credits shy of a PhD in nutrition. So she's smart from the nutritional aspect, but she's also smart from something that I think is far, far more important because we all basically know what's good for us and what's not good for us, right? I mean, we all have the right information. We're just not implementing it because if we were all implementing it, then we would all be rich and have six paddock abs. We know what we need to do. We're just not doing it. So with that said, her approach is really interesting in her book. She says um, she has various different habits that research has shown lend themselves to, um, they're basically the things that lean people do and that sustain their leanness. Like one of them, for example, is um, not snacking between meals, three square meals a day, and that's all you have. And you you fill up to a point where you're not overly stuffed, but you feel satiated and you know that that's enough food to get you to lunch and then from lunch to dinner. Now, that is actually an extremely hard habit to build, especially in a culture in the Western society where Snack food is ubiquitous and all over the place. And we're just, we're snackers by habit. And by the way, if you hear that honking noise in the background, that's my pug snoring. Um, so what she suggests doing, if that's too big of a habit to just one day wake up and say, I'm never going to snack again, this is how I did it and how I continue to do it because it is, it is a habit that is still not natural for me. You have breakfast or, you know, you have brunch or whatever time of day you start eating, depending on whether or not you intermittent fast or enjoy breakfast. You have your first meal of the day. And then uh, if you're not if you're not comfortable with three meals a day, what you might do is say, okay, I'm not going to snack between breakfast and lunch. Or if that even seems too overwhelming, I'm not going to snack for the first hour after breakfast and then see how I feel. And if you think you're really, really hungry and it's not thirsty an hour after breakfast, then you know you haven't eaten enough at breakfast. You need to adjust the amount of calories you're eating in the morning. And then you you pull that out. So now I'm not going to eat for two hours after breakfast, for three hours after breakfast, for four hours after breakfast. And all of a sudden you're at lunch. So you've mastered the habit of not eating between breakfast and lunch. And then you focus on lunch between dinner with the same application. So very small incremental movements depending on you basically and whatever feels most comfortable. So instead of getting frustrated and quitting because you're not able to sustain it, you're just taking a longer term approach, but you're getting to the goal that you want. And every day that you're practicing that habit, you're getting a little bit leaner. And not only are you getting a little bit leaner, but you're going to stay that way. There's no bounce back from that sort of behavior change because it becomes instilled in your psyche. So I highly encourage you to take this approach with your uh, changes. So again, it's not going to get you to um, you know wicked results next week, but no program will. Let's let's be honest. I mean. You've all heard what I offer my clients, at-home workout programs, small group accountability and support, mindset coaching like this, and we also do superfood smoothies as well because it's sometimes easier than meal prep or preparing meals or is it just an easy thing to have instead of that cookie and uh, coffee in the middle of the day. Um, But it's not a panacea. It's not a magic bullet. What really I think makes my program successful is the fact that I do counsel people to take a long-term approach and not assume that they're going to be 100% on day one or day two or even day 16, that this is 
a lifestyle change and to give themselves patience and grace and um, give themselves a long window of opportunity. And speaking of that, I will say there are about two weeks left of um, the opportunity to work with me for the full year this year with at-home workouts, the accountability and support, and also 30 days of superfood smoothies. Um, And that's only $199 until uh, February 28th. And then the price goes up uh, after that. And unfortunately, I have no control over uh, what that price will be because um, I partner with Beachbody on these things. So if you are interested in joining my group, it's already started, but you can jump in because again, we're doing this the whole year. It's habit building, it's knowledge development, it's support, and it's um, staying accountable. And this really does help because it's not a three and a half week experience. Not that that's a bad thing to get you kickstarted, but to have a full year is, is going to be very powerful. So if that interests you, please reach out to me or visit my, web, my website at thefithabit.com forward slash coaching and you can read all about it there and apply for the group and I would love to have you. And on that note, I am going to sign off. So please come back, visit the show notes if you want a little bit more information on this. Again, the author that I talked about was Georgie Fear and her book is called Lean Habits and I hope that this has resonated with you. If you find that you consistently fail at diets, then I think you're taking, you're biting off too much uh, and, and you're just not able to follow through. And that is a very common thing. So don't beat yourself up, but try with a different approach and think of it this way. Even if it takes you five years to lose all the weight you need to lose, those five years are going to pass anyway. And you can either spend that five years tripping up on diet after diet after diet, or you can spend it slowly but surely sliding into the perfect size two jeans that you want to be in, never to rebound again. So I'll leave you with that, guys. Have a great weekend. Take care.